always green around the other side. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Waking up very cold on a Saturday morning. Hey, welcome to Green and Growing. I'm your host, Ashley Frasca. 31 degrees, and I think I can vouch for all of us here in the studio when I say we're cold. It's really chilly. It's coming in from the outside. So make sure to uh, layer up when you get up out of bed and you have to take the dog out or go get the morning paper or whatever the case may be. But I'm glad you're up early with us. It is the second to last show of the year. I can't believe it. I cannot believe 2020. I mean, it's flown by yet at the same time. It seems like it took forever. It's just one of those catch 22s, but we're ready for 2021 for sure. So to kind of do a recap um, of your year out in the garden, out in the landscape at home, I was hoping to get calls from all of you today. Some of you are too shy to be on the radio. You never have questions. You're just kind of a passive listener to the show, but I want to talk about our failures and successes this year. I want to know what worked out for you and maybe what didn't. Maybe you had some failures, which is totally fine. I certainly did. Um, Just because you tried something for the first time, you were home a lot more and you kind of got a, you know, an itch to maybe do an herb garden or grow some vegetable you had never done before, or you had more time to take care of your lawn and you just totally did something wrong. So we can laugh about it now. We, we, We can laugh about the things that we've overcome. And on the flip side of that coin, brag about the things that worked really, really well for you. So 404-872-0750. The point of this show, when we created it, was to kind of take a step back and try to attract new people to gardening, people that were intimidated by it before, didn't want to try it, didn't have the time or the patience just to kind of dumb it down and make it easy, make it seem less intimidating for you to start. So that's why we like to hear Failures, because we all have them. We all go through them. So I put that on the Facebook page. When you search Green and Growing WSB on Facebook, you you see the Facebook page there. And Charlie, one of his successes, our main garden area, did pretty good. He had success with tomatoes, cucumbers, green beans, and jalapeno peppers, sweet banana peppers. But something was eating the tomatoes. Not devouring them, but just a little nibble here and there. So he put a camera out and uh, saw a rat. So see, you just never know what you're going to have to overcome, a pest or a rodent that's never bothered anything before. Like we have deer in my neighborhood that come in and out of the woods from the neighborhood behind us. And some years they have never touched a thing, never bothered a thing. And then about three years ago, I have a lot of hostas. About three years ago before we fenced in the backyard, they just started eating all the hostas. So you just never know what their dietary needs are going to be. And they certainly change. And I planted pansies at our mailbox, and then I planted pansies at the neighbor's mailbox. The deer have devoured the ones that I planted at the neighbor's mailbox. Literally haven't touched mine. You just you just never know. Uh, Melissa Joe, she said, all the squash I planted, none of the plants made squash. I could, I could relate, Melissa Joe. I could relate because I did a few squash plants, and the squash that I got were a little bit bigger than the size of a quarter. I took pictures of them. It was it was so disappointing. They're really cute, but maybe for a tiny, tiny little family. Uh, Sam Jenkins had a great year. He said 2020 has been a no-complaint growing year, so good for Sam. We need to know what Sam's doing. And then Gary had a good crop of tomatoes. I, I think 
a lot of people probably enjoyed success with tomatoes because if you remember, the weather conditions were great. It stayed humid. It was rainy, which I know can bring on disease and things like that. But if you're bad about watering tomatoes, I think they got consistent moisture over the summer. They, um, they, they got enough heat, but it wasn't a scorcher this summer. So Gary had luck with that. Blueberry bushes great, gave him a great yield. So I love hearing that. 404-872-0750. Any of your garden successes or failures we can share with one another and maybe figure out what we did right or what we did wrong and help each other out. Up first at 11 minutes after 6 o'clock, Nicole in Griffin, Georgia. Hey. Ashley. Good morning and Merry Christmas almost. Same to you. Same to you. Thank you. So what you been up to? I went to the farmer market this week. The one in Clayton County? Yes. Yes. What? What's uh, there? Oh, it's busy, Marcia. Dear Ashley, it is very busy. Uh, I went in the afternoon because all the oranges and the mango uh, coming in. So uh, people like, you know, um, there's a lot of uh, Christmas tree, a lot of pecans. In the back, you can buy stone. You can buy grass, you know, in springtime. And uh, uh, there's a lot of places you can buy some of those big, uh, uh, the big pot you want in front of the house that they look so good. Oh, yeah, oh. the farmer's market, the pottery is always there, right? Oh, yes, mm-hmm. oh, yes. I mean, huge and uh, expensive a little bit, but if you want, you know, well, some those of are for the those are for the uh, $700,000 plus homes, oh. you know, oh, yes. that can fit those big, big planters in front of them. <laughs> oh, yes, oh, yes. But anyway, I bought some uh, oranges because uh, when I was going to Florida last year, I bought them local because every stand's cat. Uh, and I was missing that this year, so I said, I'm going to go to the farmer market. Oh. We had such a good crop this year, and uh, I would say no farmer, no food, because uh, they work so hard in the field. Mm-hmm. You know what they do? They go, because when I was going last year, um, I stopped in a truck stop, and I asked them, oh, do you have oranges? And they always give me some, sure. and I knew they were fresh. And they so come they, they come right up the uh, right up I seventy five from Florida, don't they? Yes, yes. And um, uh, yesterday I went and buy some really cheap too. I mean, uh, a dozen for four dollars. You cannot beat it. Oh, because wow. it is fresh. You open the oranges, and once you taste the freshness, you can never go back. Right. No, because you know the good thing. So. Orange, oranges from Florida, it is not oranges from California. No. Because they travel too far, they have to keep them, and they put some stuff over the peel, you know. And uh, even if they're not perfect, you know, they have a little green on them. Not green mold, green. Uh, no, yeah, like green because on they the... put some colors and all this stuff. Right. But boy, once you open them in your in your house, you can feel and you can taste the freshness. But oh, anyway. and so juicy too, right? The oranges. Yes, yeah. they're not dry. They didn't come from 3,000 miles. Okay, California is good to uh, grow, you know, strawberry and things like this. But Florida's got a different climate. It's, it's, you have to, uh, you know, you have to figure, put that in uh, and figure out. Well, anyway, well, I mean, someone higher pay grade than, than myself has to figure Florida got hit with so many hurricanes, tropical storms. I mean, it was just a really rainy 
crazy stormy summer for for folks down in the Atlantic. Yeah. So I almost wonder if maybe that was a good thing for some of the crops. I know it, the oranges uh, needs to have a, a lots of uh, humidity in the soil. They cannot be dry, yeah. you know. So, uh, but anyway, about some uh, pecans, we have lots of pecans this year everywhere. Mm-hmm. A boatload of crops. And I bought some uh, cinnamon stick. Did you ever boil them inside your house? This smells so good. Oh, know? I love praline pecans. Like, I've never made them for myself, but getting mm-hmm. those as a gift or getting those from the store, ah, oh, praline pecans are the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you can go in the shop in the back. They have um, a lots of uh, salmon and, and, and cases, and uh, a lot of women's got a lot of... Uh, uh, things that you can sew on it, you know, and uh, uh, that's a lot. I mean, it was buzzing big time yesterday, and I know all this weekend because of Christmas tree. And uh, but anyway, I want to share a uh, a calendar of oranges. Okay. okay. This time of the year is the navel. They go through November to January. Okay. Then you have those big grapefruit. That just came in too. That I bought mm-hmm. some yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, after that you get January, uh, the ta- uh, February, the tangerine. After that, the Valencia. So if you follow this calendar, you know exactly when is the right time to buy oranges. Citrus for every month. I like it. Oh yes, huh. and they're very. Uh, I mean, we know the temple, the navel, and the tangerine. You know, so. I was in marching band in high school. Yes, I was a band nerd. And one of our most successful fundraisers every year was selling citrus. And at first, you know, as a 14, 15, 16-year-old, I was like, ah, this is so lame. I'm not going to ask people if they want to buy oranges. But, man, you bought them by the box. That was big. That and, like you're saying, tangerines and grapefruits. And people kept them through the holidays or gave them away. I mean, that that was huge. Yeah, because I have utility building. You can them cool. They're not going to freeze or anything. Keep them cool. Mm-hmm. Even uh, buy, buy the case because you're going to have uh, uh, for a long time. Yeah. Maybe the next time you go to the farmer market, there won't be nothing left. And you need to eat this vitamin C. Yeah, you know? when, it, when it warms up, you and I definitely need to meet back up there off of Forest Parkway. And I, and I got to say, the last market that I saw was when we went to Florida for vacation in the middle of um, November last month. And we ended up driving through Homestead, Florida, which I had never been through, Nicole. And Chrome yeah. Avenue is a very, very long stretch. We kind of took it as an alternate to the interstate. Long stretch, miles and miles of nurseries and orchards and fruit stands it was so cool, and we, we only kind of stopped, like, pull over by the side of the road and look, but I would spend time on Chrome Avenue in Homestead, Florida, and you would probably spend all day. I mean, it was just incredible, nursery after nursery and all of the things they had and the fruit stands, and it looked incredible. So, I mean, I guess maybe, you know, maybe that's the closest thing we have or the DeKalb Farmer's Market, but what an experience that would have been to stop there. 
Well, yes, because you see all our tropical, that's a big market because they all ship north. We want to all those nice things inside, so they have to come from somewhere. So Florida, they can work really in the soil 12 months out of the year, mm-hmm. you know. Take the back road. The interstate is okay, but take the back road. You should see when I was going, when the oranges uh, are in bloom, oh, the perfume Beautiful. in the air. Yep, drive, mean, drive with those windows down. you got to take it all in. That's that's using all of your senses for yeah, sure. Well, yeah, Nicole, yeah. hey, it's so good to talk to you. What happy stuff. I love talking about citrus. And I can smell it. I can taste it. It makes me feel really good. So Merry Christmas. I know I'll be talking to you between now and Friday, but... Take care of yourself, and I hope it's a great, great Christmas week. Thank you for the Christmas card. I just oh, it. you're so welcome. All right, did, did, the, did the confetti fall out on you? Oh, I, they were all over my, my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, thanks, Nicole. Enjoy your day. Talk to you soon. And that was not a metaphor for anything, folks. I sent Nicole a Christmas card with a Christmas tree confetti, and I knew it. <laughs> I knew it was going to spill. All right, coming up on six twenty, take a break for traffic and weather. We'll be back on WSB. That thermometer not changing a whole lot, hovering around 31 degrees in Midtown Atlanta. And Finley Roofing sponsors your weather update. Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz calling for mostly sunny skies today. It's only going to warm up to about 52 degrees and a chance for scattered showers throughout the day tomorrow. High of around 51, low around 44. I asked for your garden successes and garden failures. And Eric in Woodstock, I think you've got a little bit of both. Good morning, yes. Good morning. We uh, bought a new house a year ago and inherited two raised beds. Ooh, lucky you. (laughs) Well, they were masonry and didn't drain well, so had to deal with that first. Okay. But then uh, my wife and I are both first-time gardeners. We planted veggies and, and herbs and everything. One was veggie garden, the other one was an herb garden. And tomatoes did great, and but the cucumbers... They looked like squash from the moment they started showing up as, I guess, fruit or veggies, whatever you want to call them, on the yeah. vine. They were yellow all, the whole time. I'll be darned. And uh, the stuff that grew, grew really great. And I think I, I attribute that to the fact that we also inherited a koi pond. Oh. And when I, would fil- when I would filter or clean the filter, I would run the water from that into the raised beds. Look so, at you. Nutrient-rich water. And so as a, as a, quote, you know, beginning gardener, would you recommend tomatoes to be the first thing someone tries? Did you all find that fun and easy? It was very easy, yeah. I uh, don't know if it was just pure luck. <laughs> um, I, I, I would never consider myself a gardener. I'm a carpenter at heart, okay. and I'd rather be covered to my neck in sawdust than having my wrists covered in dirt. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, we, we did good for that sort of stuff. The other mistake we made was we planted peas and beans and had no idea that we were supposed to give them some sort of support. You know, you live and learn. I love it. And Eric, real quickly, my thought on the yellow cucumbers, there are varieties that are actually yellow, believe it or not. So you may, if you saw the seed packet or the plant tags, you may want to check that. But also growing cucumbers or plants in the same area year after year kind of depletes nutrients from the soil. So keep that in mind. Who knows? how long that raised bed was used by that previous family. Hey, thanks, and I look forward to hearing more from you in the spring and summer. You'll try it again next year, Eric. All right, coming up on 628, we'll be back to green and growing on WSB.
Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Kind of a year-end wrap-up show feel today on Green and Growing. Hey, I'm Ashley Frasca and uh, started the show off and we will until 9 o'clock be taking calls about everything, of course, your garden questions, but garden successes and failures. I love talking to Eric just a little bit ago, uh, you know, growing a vegetable garden with his wife for the first time and what worked and what didn't. So 404-872-0750 and it doesn't have to be crops. It could be anything. I mean, I... Oh my gosh, the the things I killed this year. Um, I had a chenille plant, a lipstick plant, or shrimp plant, all three names, um, hanging in a, a cool little hanging basket above my garden tub right in front of that bright window. Managed to kill that. I guess I just forgot to water it. I mean, there's so many things that I've killed. The uh, amaryllis bulbs that I was really diligent about from last Christmas, put them out in the ground in April or May. They were green. They were beautiful over the summer. Dug them up in September, dried them out in perlite put them back in, you know, pots and water and vases and soil. I did a variety of different ways um, back in the beginning of November, and those bulbs have not woken up yet. So I'm afraid I've killed them. Walter reassures me that I have not, but we'll talk about that in just a minute. So, yes, without further ado, speaking of Walter Reeves, this is the time of the show for this. Walter's Wondering. Walter's Wondering. The definitive questions and answers from WSB's OG garden guru, Walter Reeves. Calling in from the secret bat phone to the green and growing hotline, it's Georgia Gardener Walter Reeves. Good morning. The chilly bat phone this morning, Ashley, is cold outside. Isn't it, though? It has really gotten cold. It was colder earlier in the week, but certainly very chilly. So I hope folks are snuggled up and cozied up in bed listening to us on their uh, smartphone or their smart speaker. Yeah, I mean, I went outside a couple, three days ago, I guess, and it was cold then, and it's supposed to go further and further colder next week. Brad Nitz said it's going to be 30s, you know, a couple, three days next week. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, that's going to be chilly-willy. Indeed. So but, all the more reason, Walter, why we want to leave some holiday plants indoors. Some of them, even though they're holiday yep. plants, don't really do really well in the cold. So I know a lot of folks up to this point, myself included, have already picked up their poinsettias for Christmas at Pike Nursery. They still have time to do so, but we're waiting for some amaryllis to open if they haven't already or paper whites. And you know, when I was at Pike Nursery getting the Christmas tree, Walter, I saw rosemary topiaries. Those are like a fun seasonal thing, aren't they? They really are. Rosemary, they smell so good. You bring them in the kitchen in a place that's warm and you smell rosemary throughout that room and other rooms nearby too but you can't leave them indoors for the rest of the year you need to be careful with rosemary topiaries if you expect to use them or have them live for much longer than a week or two they have to go back outdoors do you need to plant them in the ground or you leave them potted what's the best thing you know that's a great question i had done both ways frankly i think the one that did the best was when i planted it it's out by my fountain in the backyard and that's been there one two three years now so I think planting. Planting is better than keeping it in a pot. And this may be a dumb question. People who have grown herbs know I, I certainly haven't grown too many. Is rosemary perennial? It is. And yeah. again, I would say mostly short-lived, like five, six years maybe. But I knew a lady in Grant Park when I lived there who had one cascading over the wall in front of her house. And hers had been there easily 10, maybe 12 years when I left. And that was a crazy long-lived rosemary. Gosh. It lasted a long time in the right place. Bet it smelled so good, too. Yeah, you can't. You just hardly resist putting your hand down in the foliage of a rosemary and sort of brushing it and 
bringing it to your nose. Yeah. Smell, it really smells great. Setting realistic expectations here. Rosemary, that's really neat. You can buy that for the holidays and have it last yeah. for months. But I just don't know realistically what we're going to do with an amaryllis and a poinsettia and things like that come February, March. So I wanted to ask you about, you know, extended care for these holiday plants. Um, yeah. Maybe you should make them last a little longer. I'll get your advice. But a week from today, it's going to be December 26th. Christmas will be over. What would you recommend <laughs> we do with these poinsettias? You can choose either one. If it's still pretty, keep them inside the house. If they get sort of dra- bedraggled and wilty a little bit and don't look quite right, uh, they make great compost. <laughs> you put them in a compost pile. <laughs> um, if you just feel like you want to see if you can get one to grow indoors and then outdoors, that's not, not a bad idea to try to do that at least once in your life. And that would be to simply pull off leaves as they fade, as they wilt and fade on the poinsettia. Put it in a sunny window indoors. Uh, don't let it freeze, of course, inside. It's better to have it back a little, about a foot from the window so you don't have any cold drafts coming down on the leaves of the poinsettia because it doesn't like to be in drafty places. And then you leave it indoors, water it once in a while when the soil gets it's dry. And by well, mid-April, mid-April should be a fine time to bring it outdoors. Slowly we'll put it in the full sun the first day. We put it in a sort of bright shade place outdoors for a week or two in April, and by the 1st of May, it should have started growing again. You can fertilize it then, by the way. And you can either plant it or move it up to a little bigger pot. And you would be surprised how fast and how big poinsettias can grow. They can grow from like 12 inches tall to 24 inches tall and 36 inches wide in one growing season. And all the while kept in a pot? And you in a pot if you have the right size pot. Huh. It sure can. Worst case scenario, say that I do manage to keep it alive until March and April when you're saying I can yeah. start slowly transitioning it outside. But if it's yep. lost all its leaves by then, how do I know? Maybe I was inconsistent with watering or it was too close to a, a heating vent. I don't know. But how do I know at that point that it's still alive? You know, I'd put it outside anyway huh. just to see. It's a tough plant. It is a weed in Mexico. Come on. Weeds <laughs> manage to survive no matter what you do to them, mean to things that you do to a weed. And even if it had zero leaves on it, I, if it had green stems, I would still put it outside gradually in April, plant it in May. I bet you that thing will live. Okay. All right. I like that. So, and then fast forward, I don't want to overwhelm two folks too much, but yeah, throughout the summer, it's getting some sun, you know, indirect sunlight. And that's when we start that whole process come next fall and winter of the 16 hours of light, eight hours of darkness type weird thing that it needs, right? You do that sometime in what September, October, somewhere in that range. That just fools it to think that it's coming on Mexican uh, fall. And so it changes its uh, leaves and flowers and starts making a little red bracts give you the color that you want. There's more details about that on my website at WalterReeves.com. We don't really need to get into it right now, but just if you want to try to keep it in, keep it indoors alive and then take it outside this spring, it's not hard to do. All right. And I'll tell folks, last year was the first year I had success with amaryllis bulbs. You know, they, they were beautiful through December and January, the bright, big, I had pink and white yeah. kind of striped and then red flowers. I was able to keep them alive in the pots planted them outside later than I wanted to, probably, I would say, beginning in May. And I recently dug them up, you know, September, October, repotted them um, in time for the holidays. So I thought those bulbs have not done a darn thing. Um, And here we are, (laughs) you know, a week before Christmas. So um, how do you know when your bulb has just called it quits? Well, it probably hadn't called it quits. It just hadn't decided when it wants to bloom. 
uh, because it hadn't got the right signals, I guess. It's not even I'll putting out little, like not even little leaves popping out of it yet. You know, the little green growth from the top, nothing. Even so, it's probably just thinking, I don't know quite what's going on. I'll wait till I get the right signal from temperature or light or you know, heat in the soil or something like that before it blooms. Eventually, it probably will. And if you want, if you didn't do anything, didn't bloom or anything between now and spring, put it back outside and see what happens then. Hmm. Okay. So folks are enjoying those really big, beautiful blooms on an amaryllis. Yeah. And then once those start to fade, you know, it's not going to rebloom right now. So at what point do they cut the stalks and take it out of the soil and do all of that? As soon as it's ugly. You know, most, of my, <laughs> most of my motivation in gardening is when it's ugly, take it out. Yeah. Cut off the brown leaves, cut off the brown limbs. When it's ugly, take, out, take off that bloom stalk and leave the leaves alone. All right. And the last seasonal thing I think I've got time to ask you about are beautiful live garlands and wreaths. And they're still going to smell good as long as you've kept them, yeah. you know, maybe misted with a spray bottle or you um, soaked them in water when you first bought them or something like that. So they're still going to smell good for quite a few weeks from now. But how long can we really stretch those things out? I think the same rule about when it looks ugly and dry around the edges probably. <laughs> when you're sweeping again. up more needles on the floor than you have left on yeah, the wreath. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of the things you can do with the wreaths and the garlands and things like that is to hang it on a tree outside. The little birds that may come spring make a nest there, or they may use the needles to line a nest. So the things they can do with those needles that are brown and sort of not looking so good indoors that they might find pretty attractive and useful outdoors. So hang them up a little bit. Don't throw them away. Let, let the birds see what they can do with it. Now, do you remember back in 2019 when Pike Nursery was able to have classes and customers could come in and yeah. do things? So I miss those because this was the time of year, maybe November, when they had the class on Williamsburg wreaths. And you could make your own oh, yeah, that colonial style with fruit and all kinds of things on it. Tell folks how easy it is for them to do their own. A colonial wreath is just one that's been prettied up by fruit, prettied up by ribbons and things that maybe a normal green, solid green wreath doesn't have. I know Mickey Gasway did some fabulous ones. I'd see pictures of the ones that Mickey taught, how people how to do, and ones that she done for herself. So basically with the fruit and things like that on the Williamsburg wreath, that's another thing that I think the birds and the critters outside would really like. There's a possum somewhere in your backyard, actually, would love that half-rotted apple on your Williamsburg wreath in January. Grab that orange and run. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remind everybody that paper white narcissus are indeed ex excellent compost. <laughs> you have a paper white pitch it, they're not going to come back. Shoot. Well, hey, you know, two out of three ain't bad. We're able to keep the poinsettia yeah, with right. a lot of work. We're able to keep the amaryllis, just the right timing. So, Walter, thank you so much for that. And listen, I just want to take a moment to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for making my show fun and seem easy as I'm preparing for it behind the scenes. You've been with me every step of the way since we kind of passed the torch off in February. And this has been a good year, and I have you to thank for it. It's a beautiful year. You've done a great job, Ashley. And I think next year we'll do other things and better things and be more fun, too. As long as I don't have to come in at 6 o'clock to the studio, you can do that. I'll just be on at 6.35. That's fine with me. Yeah, and we'll figure out how we can see people in person together, you and I. Sure, we'll, we'll figure sure, out sure. something fun in 2021. Merry Christmas to you, too, Ashley. Tell everybody, hey.
I really look forward to getting out and about and seeing all of you as well in 2021. So we're going to take a break and then coming up after the break, we'll talk to Mike in Atlanta about a very interesting way to grow a mulberry tree. And hopefully your calls, garden questions, garden successes and failures from the year, 404-872-0750. I'm Ashley Frasca on Green and Growing. You're listening, of course, to WSB. Back with you approaching hour number two of Green and Growing on the air with you until 9 o'clock, 404-872-0750. And I know you want to know how to plan the weekend. So the chance of rain, that holds off until tomorrow. But today and tomorrow, only seeing highs in the low 50s, lows hovering around 40 degrees. It was actually colder than that on my way in. It's 31 right now, so uh, that's already been shot out. But mostly sunny today. It's going to be a nice day. Green. Green and Growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. This is one of my favorite parts of the show, just trying to give you some basic, timely, seasonal things to do. So number one, this is exciting. Have you been wanting a new tree for the front yard, but you haven't had time to shop for one, or you just don't know what would go? Well, Trees Atlanta Yard Tree Program may be available to you if you live in DeKalb County or the city of Atlanta. Property owners in those municipalities are eligible to have Trees Atlanta plant trees in their front yard at little or no cost. But just visit treesatlanta.org slash yard tree to find out more about that. That is really, really exciting. I'm glad I heard from them about that. And number two, Joe, a couple of weeks ago on the show, was asking for advice for cutting Leland's back or Arborvitae. And vertically, you never want to remove, well, any at any direction really, but you never want to remove more than 20% per growing season. So it's hard to take something like that back drastically all at one time. And every cut you make, and this kind of goes for for every tree, really, you have to make the cut back to a branch or all the way back to the trunk. You can't just cut a limb off in the middle and leave a stub. And Leland cypress, they can be maintained kind of as a nice hedge and shaped, but the trick is just to go in, make deep cuts twice a year. Like April is one of the best because it's putting out new growth and early August. And like I said, you always want to go back to a starting point and never reduce the height by more than one-third. If you have to do drastic pruning on something like Leland's, which you grow those as privacy hedges, so you want them to be taller, but you do that kind of in the wintertime if you need to do something drastic. All right, and number three, while you're keeping up with covering your plants, why not consider cold-tolerant palms in your landscape? You know, that can be done in North Georgia. According to the UGA Extension, windmill or needle And dwarf palmetto are just some of the ones that can withstand temperatures down to about 10 degrees. Who knew? 404-872-0750. I talk too much, so I wanted to talk to Mike in Atlanta. He's going to be up first after the break. An interesting way to grow a mulberry tree. And David and Tucker, whether or not you can use cardboard as a mulch substitute. So that's going to be kind of an interesting conversation. And later on in the show, we're going to talk a little bit about seed for birds. What different kinds of birds, species of birds, what what they like to eat. Because you've got to keep those feeders full right now. They need all the fat and the protein and the food that they can get as they try to bulk up for the wintertime. And also, how to treat your grass. You're looking at your grass, and if it's dormant, that's great. There's not a lot you need to be doing. You've done something right to have you know a beautiful Bermuda summer-type lawn 
green in the summertime and now it's dormant. But even you're looking at your fescue going, there's surely there's something I need to be doing right now. It just feels like so. So I'll have a, a short list from NG Turf about what you can be doing now. And then later on in the show, we're going to do a recap of Piedmont Park. Hopefully talk to Mark Banta, the CEO of the Piedmont Park Conservancy, and get an update on what's been going on in the park in such a weird year in 2020, the year of COVID. And coming up at 8.30 and near the end of the show, Pike Nursery joins us. Yeah, they're open for the holidays, folks. You've got a week to get in that Christmas shopping. 404-872-0750. You're listening to Green and Growing, taking a break for news, weather, and traffic. And we'll be right back on 95.5 WSB. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.